again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me in the place of Matt Dudek, who of course you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, from our Southwest offices in sunny New Mexico. I'm going to keep doing that forever. It's John Parker. You can call it Albuquerque today. He's like down the street from me, I think. He's at the Balloon oh. Fiesta. Yeah, New Mexico is just <laughs> one monolithic thing to me. I know it's a big-ass state, but it's just one big thing to me. John, you can find on Twitter at Horizon John. And also joining us, of course, is uh, Kyle Rossi. Or is he? Or is he? Well, he's here. He'll, you can find Kyle on, on Twitter at <laughs> Kyle, R-H-E-R-T. Uh, you can find us on the web at HorizonRoundTable.com. Uh, go to HorizonRoundTable.com slash subscribe to find links to our social sites. Become a patron, Patreon.com slash HorizonRoundTable. And uh, be sure to subscribe to us wherever po- podcasts are found. And we ended last episode talking about how intricate a job Larry Wickle does on every uh, – every Northern Kentucky recruit. I think I know probably more about every single one of them than probably everyone based based on them. Uh, but we did pick Northern, the Northern Kentucky men at, uh, to win the Horizon League Championship this year. Um, for, I mean, pretty obviously. We also picked Marquez Warwick as our, uh, as our uh, player of the year. Yeah, I mean, you've got, uh, yeah, like the player of the year. Uh, they are one of, you know, I would say, I guess three of the, you know, real contenders that brought back the guy. Yeah. And, you know, they were the tournament champ last year. Uh, so I, I mentioned it in the, uh, I, I mentioned it all the time. I don't know. For all intents and purposes, if you ask me, they won the league. Yeah. Like they finished one game behind. If you and add they up all fourth. <laughs> <laughs> they got the four seed. Yeah, it's amazing because at the end of last season, at the end of last season, we had this log jam at the top until the very last game when, uh, and, and that was it. I mean, it was crazy how that all fixed. It worked out, but yeah. And for so, and in Northern Kentucky, despite being only one game out of first place, finished fourth, but still won the Horizon League tournament. Yeah, and then they bring back, you know, their two all-league players from that team. Yeah. And I think it's pretty reasonable to say, okay, they'll, sure. you know, they're one of the constants in the league. I would actually argue the biggest constants the last couple of years. I think um, they are. You're right. So it's easy to see them, you know, running it back or at least being in that top four, which – if you're in the top four, you're a good pick to be the league champion because sure. you probably finished the game out. Mm-hmm. I think and when you're somebody that makes picks, though, I think it's like one of those things. There are certain programs that you just trust. And if, yep. you know, if a bad thing were to happen, then you're just like, oh, it's Northern Kentucky. They'll be fine. And, yeah, like yeah. NKU is definitely one of those teams where you kind of. Well, that actually, I mean, at one point in time that did happen. I think it wasn't, I don't think it was last season, but it was the season before. No, wait, no, I think it was this last season where Sam Vincent got hurt. Yeah, yeah he and was. And that was a problem for them. I think it probably cost them, a, you know, a couple of games and the championship for that matter. But maybe, again, the one, se- the one seed's a curse anyway, so maybe it was a blessing <laughs> in disguise. So, um, 
But as far as they're concerned, obviously the core with, with Marquez work and Sam Vincent and Trey Robinson, um, who has been starting right along with them the whole time. I think their big key is going to be the, the point because they have to replace Xavier Rhodes. Well, not just Xavier Rhodes, but yeah, but uh, you know, Trayvon Faulkner. And then at the five, who is going to replace Chris Brandon? Yeah. And, and they're so difficult for me because I know yeah, on paper, they got Cade Meyer, who proved he could be a productive Horizon League player. Yeah. But his minutes are going to depend entirely on his defense, as yep. you know, Northern Kentucky transfers do. Oh, yeah. uh, Without a doubt. And the, the, the one play that I think people outside of the Horizon League remember that involved his defense was Vincent Brady just sending him to hell. <laughs> so, I think he got over that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's probably mad. (laughs) Yeah, and and we talked, I I know we talked a little bit about, I think uh, during the media forum, we talked a little bit with Brian Kuklinski about um, the Cade Meyer situation in Green Bay. Um, Obviously, there's going to be a fit. Uh, There's obviously going to be a fit between the new coach and the new system. Um, Clearly, Cade Meyer felt that that was a that Northern Kentucky was a much better fit for him. Um, I think the defensive part, I know we talked a little, you know, obviously uh, that particular play, John, aside, I think <laughs> that will be, but that will be something that will come up. That will be something that comes into play. And, and I think what else will be come into play is that if he does not perform, remember Keenan and Jerry is sitting right there too. Yeah. yeah ready and- to take those minutes. And the fact that it's all about, or that so much of it anyway, is about defense. I mean, Adrian Nelson goes and makes all league after leaving uh, NKU yep. because they got Brandon, whose mm-hmm. defense is better and who basically ended up, I mean, like in terms of, you know, that whole logic, it, it's not who starts, it's who finishes. Like they yep. both played about the same amount, yeah. but one got that starter nod. Um and that's where, yeah, it's a Jerry is an interesting one for me. Um, and we so haven't even talked really about LJ Wells either, who could also take that spot, who could also fill that spot from time to time too. Yeah, as he as he did last year because uh, Brandon and Zorgval kept getting into foul trouble, and we saw him uh, probably more than probably more than Horn wanted to have him in, <laughs> given the situation. But it did work. It did work for them. So. Wells with an extra year in the belt. Um, yeah, I guess we're not going to see that Cesar Chalambo kid, I guess. Because <laughs> he redshirted, but he, and he's like 7'2", but I, you know, I don't think we really heard anything about him, mostly because of Cade Meyer and Keaton and Jerry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're – I don't know, man. I picked them to win the league, but I don't – I have trust issues with transfers coming into NKU, and it feels like they're definitely going to rely on transfers. I don't know. <laughs> you have trust issues with NKU and transfers. That's weird because Chris Brandon, of course, was a transfer, and he did pretty damn good, as well as the other half of that, the other part of that last year, which was Xavier Rhodes, who also 
yeah. did pretty well. And then, again, on the point side of it, you got Michael Bradley coming in, another D2 kid, another D2 transfer coming in, who whose resume really does kind of mirror Rhodes' a little bit. So, I mean, that's yeah. probably yeah, going to help them out a lot. No, that's definitely fair. Um, I know, I know. You're just like, are you still like, are you like, you're still kind of second guessing whether or not did it? Should, it's all the it's all the Milwaukee fans t- telling you why, asking you why, why, why would oh, you do that? No, what's what's real funny is I actually picked Milwaukee lower than we did. But, <laughs> uh oh, yeah. Let's just bury that in the second episode. So. It is the second episode. <laughs> Congratulations. Unfortunately, it's in the first five minutes of the second episode. So, crap. <laughs> All right. Oops. Well, I'll probably hear that one. That's okay. So, it happens. It happens. But, yeah, I think the other part, yeah, I think rotationally they're going to have to – they will – Northern Kentucky will have to figure out who is going to be uh, – they got Michael Bradley, but they will have to figure out, the you know, who they're going to – slot in there rotationally um with him at the point i think they haven't i don't know if they figured that part out yet but um you know so talking about the northern kentucky women on the other side um they've they've got some new faces (laughs) it looks like um the yeah the team that the, the team that shocked uh youngstown state in the tournament last season um there's a lot of those faces who aren't there anymore. Don't forget Cleveland State last year in that semifinal game, probably the best game of the whole tournament. I mean, geez, we very nearly could have a very different conversation about them right now if that overtime goes their way. Uh, but, yeah, that's – I mean, Lindsay Duvall, who hit that big three-pointer in that game, she's been kind of the identity of their team for a long time. She's gone. Uh, Ivy Turner took her grad transfer year uh, at Eastern Kentucky. Uh <laughs> Emmy Souter, player that I really liked a lot. She graduated, even like, you know, go back to last year, Grayson Rose. And so, yeah, it's kind of just completely turned over the team a little bit. I mean, they still have a couple. You look at Kylie Davis, who really, really came into her own last year as one of their top players. And she's going to be kind of the, the Ivy Turner of that team now running point. And <laughs> it's kind of funny because she's like, you know, Ivy Turner and her both about 5'2". So you got these little you know, these short kids that kind of are able, they're both able to get to the hole very well. Um, sure. <laughs> it looks, looks kind of funny sometimes, but I think Davis is a better shooter than Turner too. So uh, she's, yeah, she's one of the better players in the league and will kind of be their, their go-to, their primary. Um, you know, Kamar Mitchell-Steen, one of the better defenders in the league. They, I mean, they... So the question that I bring to you then, um, as you're, Muted and probably trying to figure out what your microphone went again. Um, <laughs> the question I bring to you again is the is pro- the same question I have for Purdue Fort Wayne and and Robert Morris. Did they have they lost too much? We we picked them in a tie for fifth um, in the conference, but have they lost too much? Probably, but at the same time, they're also like just like on the men's side, one of those programs you trust a little bit. They have. They have a couple players. They brought in a couple players. I don't know what you say in women's basketball when you call somebody, a, you know, a dude. Oh, he's a dude. You know, <laughs> they have dudes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you say for women's basketball for that. But the, Northern Kentucky has dudes. They're they're new dudes, and 
I don't know exactly how they're all going to fit together. or what Find another doing. word besides dudes, man. <laughs> For the love of God, it's not hey, terrible. Hey, we are not disrespecting Keenan and Kel on this podcast. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the emperor of women's basketball culture. Somebody else is going to have to come up with a word. But you guys know what I mean. But, uh, you know. Just don't let it be Howard Megdahl. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thinks he's the emperor of women's basketball culture. Um, <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. He seems like a chump, but that's a uh, he, well. Yeah, he was. I mean, not to get too off tangent, he was. He was at the, uh, the NCAA tournament and was kind of. Yeah, I. I. I want to say it didn't get me in trouble. I don't have a particularly high opinion of him, though. Well, he seems like a chump. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to say? What's he gonna do? Oh, look! It's this Horizon. Who's the Horizon Roundtable? I couldn't care less, buddy. I until like you were talking until you talked about him, Kyle. I didn't know who he was. So. <laughs> Well, got, Get at me, dog. He got he got he got in a little trouble because his website's DMs were kind of leaked out and they were trashing on another women's basketball reporter and I, it was a little bit of a racial element to it and things like that. So yeah, there was <laughs> he got he got in the shit Come a little bit a few months back. Yeah, so well, let, let's not let, let's not dig Stay the away. hole. Yeah, that. So 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 Northern Kentucky's got some players, right? They they get they have players. There you go. Hoopers, how's that? Yeah, there, there you go. See, there you go. Got some hoopers. There it's crazy that we have somebody in the league with the last name Hooper, but it's actually pronounced Hopper. That really annoys me. But <laughs> hey, you know what? Can't do anything about that one. But no. yeah, so. but yeah, no, I mean, you know, like you trust Northern Kentucky. They have players. They have Hoopers. Uh, you know, it's just tough to. It's well, like you know, if you ask me right now, it's like. I know that Green Bay, Cleveland State, to a lesser extent, Youngstown State are the top of the league. Yeah. I know Robert Morris, Detroit Mercy, and Oakland are like on the bottom of the league or close to the bottom. I don't know really where anybody else. It's like you guys talk about on the men's side. There's just this, you throw a blanket over all of it. They're all they're all pretty good teams. They can go one direction or the other. You know, you talk about like oh, some so and so could move up and be better than we think. You know, they can also go the other way. So sure, absolutely. Northern Kentucky yeah. certainly in that great middle class. I think they have a, a good amount of talent. I think they have, you know, even with the turn. Yeah. So with that, with Stan, um, I know we talk. I know we talk nonstop about the. Obviously, we have a whole entire bonus episode dedicated to to uh, Tanner Holden's return to Bright State. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the Bright State women because obviously. They are in still the rebuilding process post Katrina Merriweather. So, um, first of all, um, I am a little disappointed that Gary Williams didn't throw us a uh, throw us a like. Um, I'll get over it. <laughs> Did I lose both of you? <laughs> no, I'm still here. So yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Bright State because. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. You don't know. You don't know that Gary Williams is uh, is related to one of the Wright State players, do you? Oh. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> so, um, so the, so Wright State seems to be in this uh, in more in that rebuilding mode again. Is this the year they get over the get you know back to where you know a little closer to where they were during the Merriweather era, or do they need still need some time? I don't. know. <laughs> 
talk about the Merriweather. I don't know if they're there yet. I don't, very few teams are actually where oh, they yeah. were in the Merriweather at the end there. But I, I think it's tough with them because they were they were on such a heater. On a team level, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody shoot threes like Wright State was last year. You know, they – the game I was at down there, Blake and I were hanging out, and we they hit 18 against Cleveland State. I mean, they had they had like five, six players that were shooting like 40%. And it's like, I don't know. You wonder how sustainable that is if everyone just had like the best year of their life or, you know, whether that's something that's going to carry over into this year. It's tough to say. Um, they Their fatal flaw, obviously, was having any sort of size whatsoever. They've you know, taking incremental steps towards correcting that a little bit. I think they're still a flawed team. I think they're, you know, I, th- I don't think that the uh, the surge that they had towards the end of last year was fool's gold or anything like that. They're going to be a factor. They're going to be tough to play against. You better be ready to defend on the perimeter against them for sure. Um, yeah, they're again, they're kind of like Northern Kentucky in that great middle class. I think probably towards the bottom of the middle class, if I'm being honest about it. But sure. They're, yeah, they're they're gonna be interesting. I mentioned earlier, uh, can't remember if this was in the first part or not, but Riley Sagester, the star freshman that they have, yes, was uh, yeah, she was. Um, I can't remember if she was player of the year at one of the small school divisions in Ohio and kind of playing in a rural area, so she might have gone under the radar, but potential star player for them. But yeah, they they have hoopers too. So. Yeah. Now, the other question that I have, obviously, and by the way, Lauren Scott is the uh, player whose grandfather uh, grandfather is Gary Williams, by the way. Okay, so I was trying to remember that, and I couldn't. I knew it was one of them, but yeah. yeah. So he still has some time to like that. Tw- he still has that time to like the uh, article. Lauren Scott, another one. I mean, they had a really good freshman class last yeah. year, and Lauren Scott was one of those. And yeah. I, you know, another, they, they didn't necessarily all play a ton, but I think that's a group that can kind of come into the form, be part of the core of the team going for, you know, Carrie Hoffman is just trying to fill holes at first. She got a couple Cedarville transfers from her old team there. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, the, um, Bryce Nixon was another one uh, from uh, Arizona and Santa Clara, I think were the two schools she played at before, but just trying to fill gaps and, you know, not drown, you know, not, ha- not have that boat sink early on. But now I think some of the sure. her original recruits are going to come to the fore a little bit too. Yeah. So, um, John, I won't belabor the uh, I won't belabor the right state thing. If you want to hear more about the right state situation, bonus episode. We we really, we po- we posted that last earlier the earlier uh, during preview week. Go go find that. Um, <laughs> although I mean, obviously, with the I just wanted to summarize that with the with the return of Tanner Holden, obviously their prospects for at least as far as we're concerned are a bit better. Yeah, we had them fifth. Now they're in that, you know, contender range, definitely. But, I mean, but without even I'm, doing, you know, asking everyone for their picks, like we're not going to waste. But if I'm being honest, though, I think they're a pretty good team, regardless. I think the the one thing I will reiterate from the bonus episode, I think size is still going to be an issue for them. Yeah, I say that with Brandon Noel sitting there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, like depth in the front court. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna jump into Cleveland State now because All I right. you boys um, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, Kyle, you've been immersed in Cleveland State for the past couple of years. Um, 
obviously Destiny Leo, our pick for player of the year, and I think it's probably going to be a no-brainer for player of the year everywhere else. Um, as far as they're concerned, now, the challenge that they have, of course, is the transfers. Uh-huh. And the people they brought in, basically. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, Chris Kilsmeyer would be the first to tell you this. I mean, he's kind of like... Whenever I talk to Chris Kilsmar about a new player, like you can always kind of read it a little bit how he's thinking because he'll say whether they're still trying to figure out the system or whether they, uh, you know, he'll he'll talk about their IQ first, and so you kind of get a sense of where they are with things um, and how he views them a little bit. But I, you know, I think in terms of talent level, I think Cleveland State got better. I mean, honestly, you, they have you know I talk about programs that I trust again. You know, Cleveland State. You know, a couple of years ago, we were all talking about, oh, oh, Mariah White's a grad transfer. It's going to be a complete disaster for them. <laughs> She's their leading scorer. What are they going to do? You know, last year, I, you know, which is interesting because Destiny Leo was still on the on that yeah. roster at the time. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those things. You know, she was Destiny was you know runner up for Ms. Basketball and all that. I don't. You had to be kind of a hardcore person to necessarily know that. I don't think I knew that at the time, at least back in you know 2020, 21, but. Um, yeah, no, last year, you know, Nadia Dumas was, you know, third team off Horizon League and she graduated. So they've always, and, and they've always had to turn over, you know, five, six players sure. to the transfer portal, but every year they've gotten a little better doing that. So yeah, in that, in that specific capacity, you know, Cleveland state knows how to use the transfer portal to get, True. you know, underrated players who fit their concept and what they're trying to do. And it's worked out pretty well for them. And I think this, class that they've brought in is another just really good class that adds a lot of what they needed on the team and I you know you could say well you're <laughs> I kind of like cheekily you know on in my preview week posts point out well they don't, they don't actually bring back one starter it's Destiny Leo sure but you usually don't give a team that brings back one starter that much credit but I think Cleveland State's earned that a little bit Sure, sure. I think Cleveland State's situation kind of mirrors mirrors Youngstown State's in that they have a core, they have a couple of core players, and then they just instead of rebuild, just kind of reload um, through their transfers. Uh, case in point, obviously, you have Brandon Rush came in, uh, who is going to honestly probably will be the focal point of the Youngstown State squad. Um, I know I was going to say more about Cleveland State, but I just jumped into Youngstown State because I'm <laughs> the one who did their preview. Damn it. My idea. Anyway, um, but you look at the, the parallels, though, is that you have, you know, last year you, you you brought in Brandon Rush, who then stepped up and took control in games that Dwayne Cohill didn't at times. And now you have him as the guy, as the, you know, you have him as the one of the primary starters. And then you bring in, uh, and then you do again, bring in more transfers, specifically from Northern Kentucky. <laughs> by the way, I did. By the way, it never occurred to me until, and I didn't think about this until Brady Labor brought it up during the uh, media forum. Uh, Northern Kentucky's play-by-play guy. It never occurred to me to remember that Ethan Faulkner. One of uh, Jared Calhoun's assistants is a Northern Kentucky grad. Oh, it never true. occurred to me true. to think to make that connection. And so, yeah, that, so that's kind of how that went. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, so I, obviously the key part of that is going to be on in the point you brought Bryson Langdon back. 
Bryson Langdon, who wasn't playing basketball at all last year. We thought he was going to be gone somewhere, and he did go somewhere. <laughs> he just went to to high school yeah. in Chicago, apparently, where he was teaching. You know, where he's teaching. Um, that but verbal he came back. tweet. That verbal commits tweet that Brian, Bryson Langdon has entered the transfer portal was, yeah, was the like, wildest thing. <laughs> it was like, wait, what? Okay, we were we have our transfer tracker, and it didn't make any sense at the time. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, wait, what? I thought he was gone. <laughs> but nope, he was, nope, he came back. So. That brings them, uh, you know, he was he was outstanding at the point for Northern Kentucky. So I think for him, it's probably probably be a matter of shaking off some rust. But in addition, in addition, you got to think about you know where the, the Brent Thompson, who also probably is going to be running the point for Youngstown State as well. Um, I think the big thing they're going to have, I think, in addition to Brandon Rush, but also bringing in Ziggy Reed. Uh, from Merrimack, who was a bucket at Merrimack and probably got tired of winning all those tournaments and never getting the NCAA <laughs> to say, hey, let us in. Because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So now he's, at, now, he's at a pla- now he's at a place where they can actually go to the NCAA tournament. I think he's going to be huge. Um, the other thing, too, and this is going to be – and we're back to – I think we're really back to – with uh, the Zorgval and then the other, the freshman Gabe Dines, and that was actually the one guy the the freshman Gabe Dines and Brady Labor had mentioned it because uh, Dines actually plays in the Kentucky area where uh, so he's seen him, and it looks to me like he actually is a kid who apparently put on some weight to some uh, this over in the off season and we may see some of him. In certain situations, and there's a lot of ways they can go with this. Yeah, um, they can really go short, they can go, they can go small, they can go tall. Because I haven't even talked about DJ Burns and Jalen Bates yet. Yeah, so, you know, that's six, the seven interesting guys. thing is just how many transfers they added. Yeah. Last year, they had we picked four all league guys from Youngstown, and mm-hmm. then this year, it looks like it's going to be more the you know Dennis Gates, Daniel Robinson, you know. Line change, line change. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, and and they will, and they will, and they will do it. Yeah, because um, Calhoun said he's got 10, 11 guys he can play. Yeah, he's got that big, deeper rotation. And yeah, by all accounts, it sounds like he is confident that this team he's got now is even more talented than the one last year. So that's going to be interesting to see. And so yeah, it's, it's just going to be for them. It's going to be yeah. back, getting back to winning the portal, winning the portal, winning the portal. You know, I, you know, preliminarily, I think they won the portal again. I do, but it like I, what I just mentioned, it's going to be a complete shift from, yeah. you know, what they had last year where it was, mm-hmm. okay, these are our, these four, they're going to be on the court uh, as long as they can. Yeah. And then this nice core of other players that we have, we're going to, you know, rotate them in. Yeah. Uh, whereas this year, it feels like it's going to be, you know, uh, Rush playing a lot, but I could see I will say this else in high 20s. Sure. Like in the 20-some minutes. Yeah, and they won't need to do that either. I mean, they won't need to, you know, run guys out there 30, 35. Not, maybe not even Brandon Rush either. Because um, Calhoun did mention that this is a team built where Brandon Rush doesn't have to do everything. 
I, he is cap- clearly capable of doing that, obviously, but he won't have to. And I, I can see that based on what they have coming in. And it looks pretty, pretty fierce. Yeah, pretty interesting for sure. Um, All right. And obviously a, a big, big season for, I mean, for Calhoun and Youngstown, you know, yeah. trying to, for Youngstown, obviously trying to run it back, uh, you know, maybe do a little win the tourney this year. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you being attacked by your dogs again? No, the mailman is. Uh, it's Sunday. It's not the mailman. I don't know. Um, anyway. <laughs> that's not the guy either. That's some rando. Forget the. <laughs> I feel uh, it's a mailman. I'd have some sympathy, but it's a, some probably some rando <laughs> on Sunday. Yes. Hey. No, uh, but when I mean he interviewed for West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia is going with an interim. Yeah. If the interim doesn't get the job done, yeah, the job's coming open again. Uh huh. Little bit of pressure could be very, very interesting. Correct. Yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'm, I promise to go back to Cleveland State now. <laughs> <laughs> Tristan and Aruna, I know, obviously, is he is the guy. But I mean, not just Tristan and Aruna, obviously. Uh, you know, uh, Tristan and Aruna, we kind of knew was a commodity coming in. What we didn't know last year was what, you know, Tate Williams is going to do. What Drew Louder was going to do. Um, I think the big thing for Cleveland State this year is who else is going to be in there? How much, do, a better question is how much does Raymar Pryor play? Because he played a lot as a freshman last season, and we may see a lot more of him, but at the same time, back Cleveland State went to the transfer portal and they got uh, Tevin Smith from Denver to run the point. So it's like, yeah, it's a very interesting question how that's going to go. Yeah, um, definitely a nice player. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, the other part is going to be who replaces Spider Johnson. Um, I, from what it sounds like, it's going to be KJ Debrick. Uh, that he seems to be the guy. Yeah. Although I, that Doc Mordar, the kid from uh, from South Florida, he fascinates me for some reason. <laughs> it's probably because he's six eleven, and yeah. But yeah, I think it's probably going to be Debrick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, uh, that would be my guess as well. Uh, I, you know, we had there was a day where I, I think it happened. I think it was all one day where two John A. Logan guys committed to Horizon League schools. Yeah, and Debrick was, in my eyes, very clearly the more intriguing one. So. Yes. Yeah, something about them John A. Logan guys to the Horizon League. It's like a pipeline. Go <laughs> well, we got it. I mean, well, William Tate Williams is from John A. Logan, so yeah. Oh, <laughs> makes perfect I didn't even realize that. <laughs> He's a Logan guy too. I yeah, I better double check that so I didn't realize I was completely wrong. But I'm pretty no. sure. No, you're right. Okay, good. I I'm glad I like <laughs> remember these things about my team from my alma mater. Things I should know. <laughs> like this is your fault. You don't know, remember anything. What is? What kind of? What kind of alumni are you, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's it's definitely interesting because yeah, they lost some really key pieces. Yeah, but they're also a team that has you know a contender who's bringing back you know their guy. They're bringing back their next couple pieces. Um, you know, 
sure. a lot of their top players will be back on the roster this year. So, yeah, definitely a lot of reason for enthusiasm. And then the, sure. the additions seem really, really interesting, really intriguing, too. Which now brings me to TJ Moss. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, it seems to me because TJ, Mo- I mean, TJ Moss was, when he was on the floor for Detroit Mercy, really good ball handler. And that would be something that Cleveland State could use. But when you look at the depth that they have in the backcourt, uh, where are you going to find minutes for them? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a big – I mean, that's going to be a pretty interesting situation because you have that. And we haven't even talked about Chase Robinson, who was the D2 transfer who sat out last year. So we may see more of him too. So that's going to be uh, – yeah, I'm, I don't know how they're going to do that. It's going to be fun. But in an awkward sort of way. <laughs> All right. So, uh, do we miss anybody? I feel like I feel like we missed somebody. Oh, we talked about Kentucky. Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna yeah. Kentucky you know, fans are probably sitting there like, "What the hell is wrong with we, you? Damn we, it. You're we, making we, a, you're Milwaukee. making us wait until near the end of the second episode for you to talk about them." Damn, you I really should have buried that. I really no. should have buried that line. <laughs> Bob, you remember we forgot to talk them a walk on the writer's roundtable, and then I wrote the preview week post about them specifically. Well, not entirely, but in part because of that. Now you almost forgot them again. And shout out to Reckless <laughs> for doing the quote tweet for you, too, by the way. That's a, that, was, that was a nice uh, yeah. signal boost. That's Kyle Solidarity. I love it. There, Kyle Solidarity. There you go. So, yeah. So um, we'll talk about the women first, obviously. Um, Kyle, you probably uh, you obviously since you wrote the wrote the uh, so the preview, you have a lot more insight as to what they're going to be all about this year, at least more than me. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a little bit like I mean, we talk about Northern Kentucky and Wright State and all those teams that you're not entirely sure what they are at that point. I think it's fair to put Milwaukee in that category as well. At the same time, I think people are being all they people kind of write them off because they graduated uh, Megan Wallace at Emma Whitmer's house. Sure. And, but that was about it. And I think there's such a, they have so many talented freshmen coming in. They have a few freshmen, you know, Cammie Pepler played point guard for them last year and had a lot. I think even, I think even she'd admit this had a lot of growing pains in the position, turned the ball over a ton, but she's a extremely talented high upside player that, Will probably take a pretty huge leap as a sophomore. There are a couple of really talented freshmen coming, and they also have like just a boatload of, you know, mid-sized athletic wing-type players that execute the system perfectly. And I think that's the nice thing about Milwaukee is that you know I called them. I think in the preview post I called them coach things. They always do all the coach things really well. They're they they execute perfectly. They play good defense. They make their free throws. They set the NCAA team record for free throw shooting a couple years ago, if you remember that. But, you know, I don't know that they're going to be conference championship good this year, but I think they're going to be a little better than people think. I think they have a chance of, you know, at minimum hosting a first-round game, maybe even competing for that bye in the the, uh, fifth-place spot, things like that. So, yeah, we'll see. I think they have, again, a lot of their team back other than two prominent players, and they have a talented group coming up behind them. All right. And then, of course, there was the men. Um, probably uh, B.J. Freeman. Let's get it out of the way. B.J. Freeman. Obvious. 
first teamer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I personally, yeah, completely agree. Uh, he would not be, you know, even with Holden and even with my high expectations for Reynolds at Green Bay. Uh, he would not have been a guy that I would have dropped off the first team. No, um, I think, yeah, that's, it's interesting. Cause yeah, I know there have been, a, there is, there's been a discussion or two or a couple or something like that, where, where Freeman would be a not first teamer. And I, if there was, and I think that was dependent upon, and that was even without the, without the Tanner Holden equation, it was more of the brand, how Brandon Rush would do. Um, if I look at that first team, if there were, if they, if Brandon Rush or Tanner Holden played to the abilities, first of all, the that, Tanner Holden being on that first team would be contingent upon Wright State actually winning outright, winning the regular season title. Otherwise, there's My no way. Thing, well, I think personally, I think Tanner Holden probably knocks Craig Kelvin down. Like they were on the same team, and that's true. Holden was obviously the guy. Yeah. But as far as Freeman concerned, he is clearly the guy. Yeah. I, even even with even taking Tanner Holden and the potential of Brandon Rush into consideration, I would not bump him off the first team. And I just he would not. Kept getting better. Like when I wrote the the you know all league article, um, yeah. talking about you know what he did overall, compared it mm-hmm. to what he did, uh, you know in the in just Horizon League regular season play, he kept ramping it up. He ended up averaging just, I mean, from the end of the non-league play to the end of the year, he was insane. Yeah. So if, oh, if he absolutely was. He is, if he is at the level he was at at the end of the year, we might need to uh, – uh, he might – we might hear from some uh, Milwaukee fans. Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> We're going to hear they from might them. Bust no out what, the so I'm, like, I'm totally prepared for it. They might bust out the receipts because he was insane at the end yeah. of the year. Um, well, the big thing, well, I mean, the big challenge I had with BJ Freeman last season is that he really didn't emerge as a starter until well into the season. They were bringing him off the bench initially, and then all of a sudden he just blew up. So um, that was kind of my thought process on that at the time. started as a starter, and then they kind of did the, hey, maybe you need a minute to, like, watch things play out. And then he got used to D1 and just cooked. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you're not kidding. I mean, you're not kidding. Um, I think the big thing that they're going to have to deal uh, – I think the big thing Milwaukee needs to deal with is the size uh, to replace uh, Ahmad Rand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's and I think they got it. a lot of size. It's such an interesting switch where last year they just had a ton of guys who were really intriguing bigs. And I would say for the most part, they, I mean, honestly, I would say they all I, lived up to. I actually point. would, I mean, as far as size is concerned, I think Langston, William, uh, Langston Wilson is, is an intriguing thing. But I also think uh, Faison Fields is too. Yeah, and those I, are pretty decent. I was a now. little bit worried until those two committed, where it's like, okay, we got a guy who's averaging, you know, a six foot eight. I legitimately didn't. I legitimately didn't think they had any scholarships left when they were when everybody was having a conversation about Wilson, and then all of a sudden he shows up. I'm like, oh, okay, who left? <laughs> I don't even um, remember who left. Um, no, I won't. I won't press you on that one. I forgot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of how that goes. 
mean, that's basically it. So that was the whole thought, my whole thought process, at least. Um, yeah, and for me, like, this year, the big advantage that they're going to have coming in is you know you've got Pullian. You know you've got uh, Browning. You know you've yep. got B.J. Freeman, obviously. Elijah Jameson had some growing pains. Of course. But overall was like a productive player. Um, well, I think the other thing too was the Browning injury probably killed him too because he was out for a good chunk. Yeah. He was out for a good chunk down the a chunk down the stretch, and I think that really did affect them um, at the end of the season. Probably yeah. even uh, again, like it probably also probably cost them a cost them a championship. Um, although the loss to Green Bay might have had something to do with that too. Uh. I mean, yes, the loss to Green Bay by itself would have given them the NIT then. Yeah, but I think this year, I think, yeah, I keep, I keep putting them into that same group of that five teams that, that can have the ability to make it to, to win this year. And I know I had that last year, but I was kind of right for like three-fifths of that. <laughs> My no, – you know No, I wasn't because I was – uh. Oh no, I was totally wrong because I did not have Cleveland State and Milwaukee in there. <laughs> Swap out Cleveland State and Milwaukee for uh, Oakland and Wrights, Oakland and Purdue Fort Wayne. That's what it was, I think. I don't remember, yeah. Um, but yeah, I say this now and there's like three fifths. Yeah, yeah, I say that now and watch, watch, you know, Green Bay finish fourth this year or some crap like that because Sonny Wicks is like. That dude. I mean, I, I, Sonny loves Sonny Wicks. I, I think I told you guys, you know, in our chat and everything, but just to tell the entire world, man, that guy came up to me at media day like, oh, I'm, I'm Sonny Wicks. I'm like, I, I know who you are. How do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> because we challenged him to listen to all 220 episodes of the Horizon Roundtable when we interviewed him. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he probably guy. did. <laughs> That guy, that guy, just being around that guy gave me. I, I didn't bring my own juice that day, but he brought bo- enough juice for both of us. And- <laughs> I think he does it all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, that said, uh, with, with with some props to the juice man, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, John, Kyle, uh, thank you for staying with us the whole entire stretch run and not running around screaming. Also, you know, you know, or figuring out what your dogs are doing, John. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So horizonroundtable.com, that's where our episodes are. That is where our um, podcasts are. Again, preview week. If you have not read them already, go read them now. Do it. And go find that bonus episode with Tanner Holden. We'll talk a lot more about Right State there. Um, You can pull us up where podcasts are found. And, of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So until next week, which we have Jordan Majewski for the first time ever, thank you all for listening.